VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, everybody. I've had an absolute blast recording your championship intros on audio and also on video. And for those of you that didn't know, the videos can be done special exactly the way you like them, because these are green screens, and we can do them with a scene behind me. Do you want a fighting scene? Do you want a beach scene? Do you want a race car scene? Any scene you want, we can give it to you. It's your theme and my pleasure. Just write our offices, and we will answer you with the exact fee involved and how it'll get done. So here we are, and now it's time, and it's your choice. Cheers! From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Phoenix, Arizona, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe afraid to voice. We'll talk about it for you. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, politics, UFC, you name it, we talk about it. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. Another week gone by. TJ, you're good? I'm good. I'm ready to go to uh, Phoenix Arizona, as my uh, kid calls it. Phoenix, that, Arizona. Yeah. And my, my boy used to call it Phoenix, Ar- Arizona. Arizona, so I right. had a hard time saying it, so all good. Man who may have a hard time saying it only because he's from the land of the Queen's English, the way it should be spoken. So when he says it, however he says it, that's the way it's meant to be said. Okay, so now let's bring on my good friend, man I've worked with for years, man I've announced for years, a true role model of the sport, and I'm a huge fan. None other than UFC champion, Michael, the Count Bisbing. Michael, how are you? I do believe it's pronounced Phoenix, Arizona. There we go. Got <laughs> it. Queen's English documented. You know what's Probably. funny? To bring this full circle, if you go back to the Ultimate Fighter 3, uh, which Michael Bisping was on, they uh-huh. used subtitles for him and Ross Poynton. Now, I will say, Mike, I, I didn't know what Ross was saying most of the time. But I, I would be offended if I were you uh, to have subtitles on, on your speech on that show. But I, I guess you're getting paid to speak for the UFC now, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, my my accent has changed a lot over the years as I've got older, certainly since I lived in America as well, because when I first moved here, people couldn't understand me. So to be fair, you know, yes, they did need to subtitle me. But I do find that funny how they used to subtitle me. But now I present the show. (laughs) It just shows how much it has changed, to be honest. This is an example, as your life is an example of a true evolutionary process. And um, I got to say one thing before I go into that. Listen, Michael, when I first started traveling England, when I went to Liverpool for the first time, I thought I was in Greece. I couldn't. I'm sorry. I, I, I had a hard time communicating. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, hey, to, to be fair, there's parts of the U.S. that are the same way. Oh, yes. Yeah, but, but Liverpool, Liverpool's hard. Yeah. And some of the real thick accents, a lot of the British people can't understand them either. You know, so so don't feel too bad, Bruce. You're not on your own. All right, good. Well, That's I think fun. you can hear them on display, like with with yourself, Mike, uh, Dan Hardy in the past, John Gooden. Like, there's the, just those three accents alone are pretty different from one another. Yeah, that's right. You know, like where I'm from, it's a small town called Clitheroe. If you go up six miles down the street, it sounds completely different. The accents are so sensitive. You know what I mean? You don't have to go far for it to change. So, uh, I, I I do find it quite fascinating. I'm guessing it's because you know it's it's an old country and. You know, way back before there was cars or people, you know, like traveling around on horse and carts or whatever, I guess they, they got together in little towns and that's how they spoke. And down there, they spoke like that and they never intermingled, I guess. Who knows? Who cares? I ain't no historian. I'm a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always willing to admit when that's the case, right, Michael? As I am, too. You shouldn't agree quite so fast, Bruce. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Hey, listen, Um, I want to get into something that's very important to me. TJ, I don't know if you had the chance to see Michael's uh, bio documentary, Bisbing, the Michael Bisbing story. I've not seen it yet, no. I, I can't but highly recommend this. If UFC fan, MMA fan, sports fan, human interest fan, family fan, whatever, this is a film for everybody. This is not just about wanting to watch a film about a fighter fighting. This is wanting to watch a film about a man's true evolutionary process where he came up the way he did in a firsthand account where he literally transforms into the young man that he was to become a journeyman 
to become a world champion to buck the odds as we'll go into in his last three fights, which is still absolutely mind-boggling to me, even though I knew about it on the inside a little bit. When I hear it for reality, I'm just it just blows me away. So we have to talk about this. I, I started this film at 1230 at night when I saw that it was uh, we're on Netflix or we're, uh, Netflix, right, Mike? Uh, no, it's Amazon Prime or Pardon Video me. On Demand, wherever you get that right now. Pardon me, Amazon Prime. That's where I watched it. Um, and I started at 1230 thinking, okay, I want to see what it's like. I got to get up at six in the morning. I've got to, I got a film schedule the whole bit. TJ, I was captivated. I, I had to watch the whole thing. I could not, not stop watching this film. Michael, if anybody gets to know you, they know the man that you are as I've gotten to know you, but to see this film for people to see what you are like behind your guns, your family story, the beautiful, beautiful, one of my favorite parts of this whole film is just your beautiful marriage to your wonderful wife, Rebecca, and how from the age of 18, this wonderful woman stood beside you through thick and thin and your changes in your personality and your own maturation process to be, <clears throat> if she's not an example that behind that truly behind every successful, amazing man, there's a wonderful woman. However, that term is said, I don't know how else to put it. She's a true example of that. For real. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. She's, I'm very, very lucky. She, uh, uh, through thick and thin, as you say, Bruce, and yeah. it, get, it got very thick and it got very thin at times. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, money was sure. thin and the trouble was thick. Uh, and, and yeah, she stuck by me throughout it. Well, first of all, just want to say thank you for the kind words, Bruce. Truly do appreciate it. Um, the feedback that I've had to be honest has been unbelievable. I never expected this. I mean, I think just at the apex alone on Saturday, you were one of them. I think seven or eight people came up to me and were saying how they were blown away. People mm -hmm. saying they're brought to tears and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's very, very nice. Uh, Universal Studios almost also emailed and said it's one of their biggest docu documentary releases ever of all time. So that was uh, uh, very you know, welcoming news, but yeah, yeah. You know I mean? I, I was a little nervous at first, you know, because I'm very honest on there. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, how did you, you, I'll tell you a funny little anecdote, how this whole documentary came around. That was my next question. Go ahead. Yeah. So they were supposed to do one on a certain Diaz brother. Uh, he may have fought against Robbie Lawler last year. Right. Um, and he never showed up for the first few days of filming. <laughs> oh, how grand is that, though? Uh, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. That's what you want from Nick Diaz. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He never showed up for the first two uh, days of filming, and they were like, we can't work like this. We have a lot of money with a budget. And someone said, you know what? Michael Bisping, let's go with him. So thank you, Nick Diaz. If it wasn't for Diaz, <laughs> this documentary wouldn't have happened. But um, yeah, so far, an incredible response. Well, that's proof that marijuana is a wonderful thing, I guess. So, you know, it can definitely yeah, cause you to be late, late for work. <laughs> yeah. Ex oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sleep in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, when I when I went through this and I'm not trying to plug my my liquor right now, but I, I made this because of people like you. This is a true example of what a puncher's chance is all about in life. You are mm -hmm. truly an example of that. There's no question. And, you know, it goes through like, Michael, you had what, like over 200 street fights, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It was a lot. I was. It was. It was every week. There was multiple per week. You know what I mean? I was. Yeah, I was. I, I, I was out of my mind. See, when I was younger, I didn't know any better. I saw a lot of violence growing up, sure. and and I thought it was normal. And right. to be honest, I wasn't a popular kid, and I was bullied, and we didn't have much money growing up. And not that it's a a, a rich town. It's really not. It's a very working class town, but it's an upper working class town, and we were very much lower working class. So people used to make fun of us and stuff. You know, my shoes were always falling apart and stuff. Mm. And then I came to a point where in my life, I just got sick of it. And I said, you know what? The next person that talks shit, part of my language, I'm just going to crack him in the face. And that's what I did. And things started to change. And then all of a sudden, I started making friends. And now all of a sudden, I was in the popular circles because I was like this tough guy. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I kind of been reinvented. And that caused me to lean into that persona even more as a child, you know, as a young adolescent. Uh, so, so I kind of became this guy. I was always getting into fights. If somebody thought they could beat me, then we'd meet up. And of course, that's no way to live your life. But Right. You know, I'm talking 15, 16, 17 here. So, yeah. you know, I was lost. I was, a, I, was a, I was a very silly little boy. 
I hate to say so, it though. I think there was a time and place for that behavior. Like today, you can't really settle things one on one out outside anymore. You know, someone gets shot. It seems like the which is the, a damn shame. Yeah. Well, of course, with the guns, that's a whole different that's yeah. a whole different conversation. But yes, you're right. You know, once upon a time, if you had a problem, like in my town back in the day, I remember if, if we we were getting in a fight, the police would come up, the they break it up, they go right, you go that way, and you go that way, and if you don't, you're gonna spend the night in the cell. Right. You know what I mean? So, and we go our separate ways. These days, you look at somebody. In fact, on the news yesterday, and it's a whole different subject, I guess. I saw uh, on an English TV show. I still watch those uh, on uh, on Amazon Prime. Once again, uh, they're saying to stare at somebody now is being considered. They're considering making it an illegal offense, which what? is just wild. You, you realize? Know what I mean? Do you realize with that statement, we are getting closed down on how we can communicate? To man or woman, mm-hmm. we're yeah. getting closed down on what we can say. Now oh, we're yeah. getting closed down on how we can look. I mean, pretty soon we just might as well look straight forward and walk around like a bunch of zombies. I mean, yeah. this is ridiculous. Well, pretty soon we'll just send out our robots to do all of our errands for us, and we'll They're never already have delivering to look at packages. Saw yeah. one of those little R two D two robots in Santa Monica the yeah. other day. Like, what the frig was that? Well, in Shanghai, they've got like these robot dogs walking around trying to see if anyone's breaking the lockdown rules. It really is like we're living in a science fiction world these days. Just remember, Michael, I say it all the time. Everything in, in, in film has come true from Buck Rogers oh, yeah. to space travel. But let's just wonder and hope when does Road Warrior and when does uh, uh, what is the other one? Um, uh, the Harrison Ford movie Blade Runner. When does Blade Runner oh, yeah. and Road Warrior take place? Well, well, um, Demolition Man. I don't know if you remember that movie. I love oh, that yeah. movie. Demolition. You, you know what I mean? Completely 5D potential. credits. You know, you use bad language, you get fined. Right. Yeah. So, you, you know, it's overly PC. Uh, yeah, but and, I don't and, want to have the sex with the friggin' orb in my hand. Okay. That is not whatever they had sex. Remember, they put on the helmet. So, right. <laughs> that it, might be it, fulfilling, but that's not exactly. I don't remember thing. that bit, Bruce. Just yeah. you to remember that. <laughs> of course, I remember it. He's with um, he's with her in the room. They're about to have sex. And she pulls out this little uh, thing to put on the head. And that's right. Like, that's right. Wait, is, it, is this the me. one with the three shells? <laughs> yeah, with the three shells right. instead of toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember like, being a little kid when I was watching that, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna grow up one day and figure out what the hell the three shells are for. You know, I was too I, young I still to know. Don't know. No, uh, no you know no what? Idea. In Brazil, you know, there's certain practices like that. You know. All right, we're just gonna leave that there. <laughs> we'll leave that there, but I'll leave it at that. But anyway, yeah, that's 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 the story there. So. With, I got a little track there when you went off track. Yeah, no, no, my bad. <laughs> hey, one thing I'd like to say, Mike, about your your story. I saw someone on uh, Twitter the other day uh, say, who became a UFC champion that you didn't expect to? And, and my answer was Michael Bisping. And one thing that I think uh, really sticks out about your story, Mike, is you were one of the probably – hardest impacted fighters when competing against other athletes on TRT and things like that. It seemed to me like, you know, the sport did you kind of dirty, you know, in in that sense and in your era, but you came back and really took control of your, your own destiny. And and obviously you are a, a UFC champion. Was it hard to ever not just sort of look at the hand you were dealt prior to becoming a champion and just going like, what the F like, what am I doing here? Um, well, no, not really. The sport never did me dirty. Those cheating, foul bastards did me dirty. That's who did me dirty, people that take steroids, and I don't know how they can look at themselves in a mirror. And and when you're competing, listen, if you're a grown man and you're not competing, yeah, of course, do, do, you know, whatever makes you happy. But if you're competing in an octagon, then I feel there should be a certain moral code that one abides to, and they're not doing that. Um, but, yeah, no, there were certain times, you know, certainly when I lost the vision in my eye, I was, you know, you have your dark moments where you kind of, for want of a better expression, feel sorry for yourself and think, I I don't believe this has happened to me. And then when I was still continuing to fight, the doctors were always warning me, Michael, if anything happens to your other eye, you're going to go blind. And I always said, well, lightning doesn't strike twice. You know what I mean? I lost vision in one eye. It ain't going to happen to the other eye. You know, and then uh, right at the end of my career, I did start having problems with my other eye. And I was like, I don't believe this. Talk about the worst luck in the world. But, um, you know, you can't live your life like that. You know, I had a great career. It, It led me to a life that I never thought I would live. I'm working with the great Bruce Buffer every couple of weeks. You know, I've uh, I'm living in California. You know, I mean, this 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 career of mine brought me a, a life I never would have dreamed of. So no regrets whatsoever. You know, it's a life that you've been able to provide beautifully for Rebecca and your daughter, Elle and, and Callum, your son. And um, 
you know, just, I, I love watching your lifestyle. You know, I, you know, I'm a German shepherd lover. I love the pictures of you when you have your dogs and I've shared mm -hmm. moments with you. There's a little out there. There, he is. there uh, he is. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so good. They are our children, no matter how you cut it. Michael, when you were um, diagnosed in 2013 after Vitor's fight, um, Vitor's fight, you know, with the eye injury and such, I mean, I, they talk about in the film how the last three times, if I'm correct, that you fought, of course, with the knockout of Luke Rockhold on two weeks' notice, if I'm not mistaken, um, was it really actually 10 fights that you fought? Or was it three fights with one eye and 10 fights with eye injury? How does that really – can you lay that out for us now that you've been so open about it? Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I mean, I lost the vision in my eye um, shortly after the Vitor fight. I mean, I had the Alan Belger fight, but I wasn't aware of the condition then. I right. still had the detached retina. Because what I was doing, I'd be in restaurants, and restaurants are often dark these days. And, and yeah. I started off, I'd be like, I can't see my fingers there. Oh, so you can't see to me because I'm out of shot. I'm like, I can't see my fingers. Is that normal? And my friends were always making fun, saying, oh, he's doing that thing again. But eventually it ended up to where my hand was right in front of my face. And I'm like, right, wow. well, I know this isn't normal so i called the doctor and they looked into it they said yeah detached retina so they repaired it then it re-detached and then i got a glaucoma and um i had it's a very long story it's in the documentary it's one of the worst 48 hours of my life the pain was just insane anyway they did a an emergency surgery they put a a, a drain in my eye and then they actually butchered the surgery. So when I woke up, I was in even more pain than what I was when I went into the hospital. So they had to undo the surgery, redo it. And uh, when I came around from that surgery, I'd never saw my right eye ever again. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was determined to still fight. You know, at this point, I'd moved to America, I'd bought this big, stupid house that I didn't need. We weren't financially set. I right. didn't have a life or a career to pursue outside of the octagon yet. Uh, so realistically, I, I, I felt trapped. I felt cornered like I had no choice but to fight, you know? So I did what I had to do to, to be able to make it to the octagon. I lied, I cheated. I, you know, it was very, very stressful, very stressful because I always thought at any moment, the house cards is going to come crumbling down. Everyone's going to find out. They're going to do an eye test before the fight. You know, they're going to say, this guy can't see. Do you know what I mean? But uh, somehow, some way, I managed to bullshit them all. Uh, that's where it comes into being being a little toe rag, a little shit growing up on the northwest of England. That Those times paid off. <laughs> well, you know what? Let me just say this. There's two things I want to clarify here. Your idea of cheating and steroid use from others idea of cheating is not the same idea of yeah, cheating yeah, yeah. okay so i don't really know if i want to call yours cheating yeah it wasn't cheating it was just pulling the wool over the doctor's the wool eyes. Over the eyes and bucking the odds and the yeah. second thing is there's always that scene in rocky you know when he gets slapped by his yep. trainer because he can't see the hand right yep. and he goes out there and he beats apollo right if that's not an example of the rock hole fight to me with you i don't know what is Right? Yeah, I mean, your life duplicates reality or duplicate film duplicates your life. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Thank you, Bruce. In fact, in, in the documentary, one of my, my old friend and Muay Thai coach actually says that. So there's a little bit of Rocky footage in there. And it's true. You know, I mean, it was very difficult. People always say, how did you fight with one eye? And I always say with great difficulty, it was not easy. Even to this day, I have challenges all the time, but I've just got used to the, the very, very minor things. You know what I mean? I've always been kind of clumsy, which is weird because when I'm doing martial arts, all of a sudden I'm very coordinated, but in my day to day life, I'm, I'm a bit of a clumsy elf. But when I go, to grab things i'll miss like the first couple of times and i'll get it on the third if something's on this side because i don't see past my nose I'm, I'm often smacking my shoulder into like door frames or walking into lampposts or you know <laughs> if i'm at a traffic light and i'm having a conversation like for example i was in Times square once and obviously lots of people around and i'm always very animated with my hands and i went oh i like this telling a story and it's always dish, i feel something i'm like oh god and i look around and it's always a little old lady and i've just back handed her in the face and I'm like I am so sorry and they look at me like they want to kill me and I'm like I don't say out of this eye I'm sorry I didn't know you were there I'm really sorry so yeah anyway there you go it does lead for some funny but embarrassing circumstances uh, yeah, exactly. I, I can sympathize with Mike I have something called Dwayne syndrome it, uh, I can't move my eyes left or right so my mm, peripheral vision really? is really bad I run into really? shit all the time yeah you wouldn't be so able to fight you wouldn't be able to fight then 
I mean, I, you just need to Maybe say the right things. Maybe straight down the pipe, yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I can move my eyes inward, so like I can go cross-eyed, but I can't look out. So like uh, wow. when I when I when I look over my shoulder driving, I have to like close my right eye because I can see with my left eye ah. inward. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so if you close your left eye, your eye will move. Otherwise, you're gonna do a no, 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 turn. no. Both of my eyes can move in inward. They can't like move outward. outward. Right. So when right. I when I need to look over my right shoulder, I close my right eye. And then I can just see with my left eye. Next time we're together, I'm going to slap you a few times. We'll see if we'll get yeah. those eyes moving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, uh, trust me. That doesn't doesn't help. Hey, Michael. Michael, um, one of the things that came out in the film I never knew and I found completely fascinating is you used to make your money as a DJ. I did. DJ Michael Bisping. What was your name? I was I, I didn't. I remember. Mikey B. DJ Mikey, Mikey B. B. Yeah. Mikey. TJ. This was one of the funniest, coolest things in the movie. I had no idea. Yeah, I that was just too cool so, for school. I was obsessed with martial arts, and then in in England, it's about sixteen people start going out drinking, which which again leads to always getting in fights and stuff because a sixteen year old's got no business plowing themselves with alcohol on a Friday <laughs> night, you know. Right. But anyway, so then when I started going out drinking with buddies, and I realized there was girls and stuff like that, I wasn't bothered about martial arts anymore. And I remember I walked into my friend's house, walking home from work one day, and he had a set of turntables. When I was 16, I just thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw. So I, I, I saved up, I bought the turntables off him, I started collecting records, and I wanted to be a DJ. And I'm very much an obsessive kind of person. With martial arts, I was obsessed. Now all of a sudden, I discovered I'm going to be a DJ. So I was all in on that for a, for a long time, for probably about 10 years. And, wow. you know, I had a little bit of success. I DJed in a lot of nightclubs and stuff, but wasn't really making a lot of money. And then... I came to a point in my life, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm never going to be like, you know, headlining, having a residency at uh, Hakisan or anything like that, you know? So uh, I thought, right, I've got to do something else with my life. And then that's when I discovered mixed martial arts and uh, put everything into pursuing that. And one of the other things in your childhood too, is that uh, TJ, Michael explains how it, my, t I like your dad a lot. Yeah. We, 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 we draw pints together with him and his little buddy that always comes to the show. What's his name? The, his Mick. Friend's name? Mick. Mick. So um, uh, you talk about in the film when you went over, I think it was to your girlfriend's house, to her parents, to Rebecca's parents, and they were having a very calm meal, discussing things and everything. You just weren't used to that because you had a volatile father and it was like always a little bit yelling and this or back forth the table, whatever you communicate. It's like the way he explained to TJ was like he was in a totally different world. He wasn't aware that people were actually relaxed like this, you know, you're, you were so honest. Yeah, no, no, it, 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 Rebecca's family. I mean, you know, they're, they're great. I love them dearly. And I love my family dearly as well. So that was always, a, I was always trying to tread a fine line in the film. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to tell the truth, but also at right. the same time, I don't want to throw my parents under a bus. I love them dearly. And my father supported me every step of the way. And we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for him. And I talk about this in the film because I realize now as a grown man, some of what he must've been going through, you know, yeah. he was a sniper in the army. He was a Sergeant major. He had a lot of responsibility and he toured all over the world on various missions and stuff. Uh, all of a sudden you come out of the army, there's no skills. There's no need for his skills on, you know, as a civilian, all of a sudden he's, he's pumping gas at a, at a gas station. Do you know what I mean? So I can only imagine uh, the come down, the depression, you know, I, I think there was a bit of alcohol involved. There was no money. Do you know what I mean? So he was probably going through a bit of depression, PTSD and stuff like that. And, and yeah, you know, he had a volatile temper. So did my mom, you know, so the entire house was like that. And it was always for one of a better expression, World War Three at our house. You know, Christmases were always crazy. Do you know what I mean? They were always the biggest arguments. You know, it was. And I remember when I first started going out with Rebecca and I'd go to her house and we'd sit there at dinner and I'd be like, and everyone's just so polite. And if someone talks, everyone sits and listens. And then they give their feedback when they finished and all the rest. And I'm like, all right, hold on a minute. This isn't going to last very long. You know, at some point, she, I can see she's getting annoyed. She's going to throw something in her face. A plate's going to come flying across there. I'm like, any minute now, but no, no, it wasn't like that. And it, I was like, oh, this is how people are supposed to behave, you know? So not that my parents didn't show me how to behave because of course right. they did, but there was just a lot of arguments, you know? Right. Right. Understandable. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had a very strong father too. served in the Marines for 13 years, world war two in Korea. I'd walk in the room at six and say, hi, dad. He'd say, son, raise your voice. Let him know you're in the room. Shoulders back, chest out, you know? 
That's well, that like, certainly paid off for you, Bruce. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was teaching me fighting techniques when I was six before I went to school for the first time because that's you know that was his whole life. You know, he came up like your dad. I mean, in the war and in the mean streets and everything. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, our parents come from the greatest generation, and uh, there's a lot to be learned from them. You know. No, Hard. no, I I totally agree. And sadly, this latest generation, my word. I don't want to, yeah. Getting weaker and weaker, Mike. Correct, correct. Bunch of pussies is, is what, what you might say. <laughs> and I, I did I, say that, and I stand by that. In many cases, you're absolutely correct. It's not the it, men's yeah. men. Not in all cases, not in no, all cases. And no. it's not their fault, it's society. Society's society. watered down. You can't be a tough guy these days or a tough woman. You know, you can't even look at people, as we said before. That is an offense or that you're trying to make it an offense. So the world is, uh, I think it's going to come full circle eventually. You know, we're, we're going to have another 15 years or so before you know, it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then it'll probably go back to normal. Hopefully. Let's, let's hope for the best. You know, it's just, I come from the old days where you could throw down and have a beer afterwards and say, Hey, I got a new buddy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Been or there, or been somebody there. I don't ever want to talk to again, either way. It worked out. Exactly. Both ways. Yeah. You know, you and I are Rolex lovers, right? I know you've yes. got a Rolex. Um, you hear what's going on lately, Michael? I do not know. Well, there's the Rolex bandits now. You know, it was a big issue in uh, Brazil, right? Where they case us out. Of oh, the oh, are you talking about like in Los Angeles? In, in LA? Los Angeles. Yeah. But it's going Crazy. now. It's spreading. It, and man was just pissed a whip for his Rolex in Malibu. Really? What? In Malibu? Man on Tuesday. Yeah. Was, last Tuesday was pissed a whip. He had his Rolex uh, last week. His Rolex stolen in Malibu. He was um, basically taking pictures of his McLaren car. I mean, obviously, they they pointed him out because he's obviously driving a very wealthy car. Mm. And uh, when he was taking pictures, his people rolled up on him, bopped him in the head, stole his Rolex. And this is happening on Melrose. They're, they're, they're taking people down, just walking down the streets of Melrose to grab the Rolex. It's happening a lot. It's on the news a lot around here, the local yeah. news. Uh, and it's got to a point where even I, I remember one night, because I have a few nice watches. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, what? I think I'm, when I was going into LA for, for dinner a few weeks ago, I was like, ah, maybe I won't wear this because it's just not worth it. Not that I'm, well, number one, I'm not looking for confrontation when I go out for a night out. Secondly, you know, if they've got a gun, then good luck fighting you out of that situation anyway. So it's just not worth it. But that's a really sad situation that even myself, that's a quote unquote tough guy, you know what I mean? Has to second guess whether or not I should wear a watch because it happens a lot. It is wild. They're following people home to their houses. They're robbing them there. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crime's out of control at the minute. It's, I mean, if you're um, not safe in Malibu, you're not safe anywhere. Well, you're not safe anywhere, period. They had another situation in Malibu two months ago where a man and his three, two kids and his wife were on the beach. And then two homeless guys came up to him. The guy got in their face to get away from his kid and his wife's. His wife, his wife and kids ran away, one guy chasing them. The other guy pulled out a machete and cut the guy on his forehead, just actually swiped him with the machete in friggin' Malibu again. You're, it's, and I grew up there. It, you're, yeah. you're not safe anywhere. You know, another situation that occurred, and this isn't even with a human being, and this is down in your neck of the woods, Mike. The coyote. Um, the coyote attack on, on the child on the beach. Yeah. His mom, TJ, his mom just went to take a dip, and the kid's on the beach. And the frigging coyote comes over to get the kid. There's got to be something wrong with that coyote because coyote 9 45 are so... p.m. at night. It was nighttime. That's coyote hunting time. Yeah, but, but coyotes are, are pretty skittish animals. They generally run away from people. So for it to attack, like, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I had rabies or something, but there's something wrong with the coyote. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, TJ. And I think they did mention testing for all rabies because, yeah, coyotes, that, that is very, very rare. But of course, there was a big uproar about it. But uh, it's very we do, rare. We, we do live in their neck of the woods. They've been here for thousands of years and then we move in and then God forbid, I mean, that child's going to be okay. And that's the main thing, you know, but I hope so too. We have them around here where I live at the beach here and they're everywhere. The <laughs> they're yeah. everywhere. I don't want to say where I live, where I live, but um, you know, it's just, you just got to be careful. I, in Malibu, uh, they got three of my cats one time. They would triangulate over a nighttime. They triangulate, yeah. watch a pattern and boom, they nail them. See, uh, I lived in Minneapolis and had no wildlife, and I lived in the friggin' woods up there in Minneapolis. I move out here, uh, one of the biggest metropolises in the country, and there's more scary-ass wildlife here than anywhere else, I think, in the country. I've seen a uh, mountain lion here in my neighborhood. I've seen a bobcat. You've got the coyotes that, like you said, are almost gang hunters, Bruce. They, Snakes everywhere. Seriously, like, it's a dangerous up, place. I got up here, too. I was just, you know how mean a raccoon can get? Oh, I had a pet raccoon. I do I know not how mean. know, but I'm sure they will. Be. 
tear you a new a-hole if they have to they're, oh, yeah. they're scrappers so i'm sitting i'm, I'm with the with a friend of mine and we're in my jacuzzi out and back right in my pool right this big ass i thought cat got in my backyard and this big like i'm saying like 25 pound racky just casually walking by the jacuzzi in the pool just checking everything out you know it's like wildlife's beautiful but i don't want to screw around with it man. no no yeah. those guys will get you I've never seen a raccoon in real life in England. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, I'm so sure cool. they are. I mean, I've seen them on uh, cartoons and stuff. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, in England, we don't really have extreme wildlife, you know, which which I do. I'm fascinated. Yes, you by. do. Yes, you do. After six Guinnesses, oh, there's well, some well, extreme yeah, wildlife. Yeah. Hey, listen, on a Friday night on, on the main street outside the kebab shops, trust me, you're going to see a lot of wild stuff. <laughs> but in terms of actual wildlife, I think as good as it gets is a, a badger. <laughs> and you don't really you run know. into them. Do you know what I mean? There's no bears. There's nothing like that. There's you got nothing bats. Really... You got bats. We do have bats. Yeah, yeah. but the tiny little ones. But uh, yeah, nothing really that's going to harm you. Nothing, nothing exciting. Beautiful birds of prey and stuff like that. But yeah, in terms of, you know, bears or mountain lions. Yeah, nothing. Lions and tigers and bears. Well, you know what? Whether it comes to wildlife or, or wild assholes that, you know, are causing these problems in the world. The bet, when, I, when I've taught self-defense, you know, the first thing I teach self-defense is observation. Run. Oh. Well, no, observe and avoid, observe yeah. and avoid. If you step into it, then you're in it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, no, no. I, we always got told first lesson of martial arts is to avoid it. Or that's to avoid absolutely it. correct. Absolutely I mean? correct. Yeah. We, yeah. we know we can take care of ourselves. I don't need to. But, you know, sometimes that's not. You touch me. Possibility. Don't you put know. your hands on me. Don't get, you know, don't interfere with my love. I'm not that person anymore at all, though. At all. I mean, I haven't had a physical conversation. Oh, I, I walk in, away now. I won't get involved. Unless yeah, gets... I mean, I, I got punched in New Orleans last year. I got punched in the face. I heard just, about what? that. What the heck happened there? I heard Yeah, about I just laughed and walked away. Yeah, I, we, uh, we'd we never been to New Orleans. Keep hearing a lot about it. Great food. You got to go check it out, all the rest of it. So we had some time off. I said, yeah. So we went there for the weekend, my wife and uh, the kids. And uh, on the final night, because Bourbon Street is not really our kind of scene at no, all. Mine, mine either. No, no. Hell on earth. But I said, come on, final <laughs> night. Let's walk down there and soak up the vibe, so to speak. Go check it out. I'm walking along. My son, Luke he's absolutely terrified because he's never seen anything like it in his life and there was um, a little you know there was a group of uh, young men and they're playing drums but on like some buckets upside down right and they're playing drums on these buckets and there's like girls and they're dancing and they're twerking and stuff it was a wild scene you know so being a tourist I pull my phone out and I'm doing a little Instagram story and this guy comes up to me and says yo you can't film it I said yeah I can he said no you can't you can't film it I said Buddy, it's a tourist area. If I want to do a story, I'm going to do a story. And then he got right in my face. He says, put the fucking phone down. I said, suck my dick. <laughs> and fair play to him. Fair play to him. Because as soon as I said that, he went, boom, punched me right in the face. But I'm not trying to sound like a tough guy or whatever. But it was literally the weakest punch I've ever felt in my life. It literally was like that. It was, there was just nothing. Like there a liquor punch. A liquor it, was, punch. It, it was just so, so, there was just like no force. It didn't hurt at all. Granted, I'm used to taking punches. So my initial reaction, knee-jerk reaction, wasn't posturing or nothing, was to literally just start laughing out loud. I literally, I, I was dying with laughter. I'm like, oh my God. I said, you're acting all tough and you, that's your best shot. I'm like, oh my God. I said, forget it. You're good. Hit me and, with your best shot. Yeah. And hey, I'm with my kids. Say that that's more terrifying than anything. Like you just hit a dude with your hardest yeah. shot and he just starts laughing at you. So, so. All right, well, here, here's my next question, Michael. What if he cracked you? Would you come back? Uh, well, well, well. See, the thing is, I was with my wife and kids, you know, so got, I'm not going to start done, rolling done, around. Done, done, done. And and he was with a, you know, there's a bunch of young, let's call it, let's be honest, there's a gang of them all. Yeah, uh, someone probably had a knife or a gun. So I wasn't going to do that anyway. But the funny thing is, so I talked about it on my podcast, right? And somehow word got back to this guy. Oh, so no. he did his own video on YouTube. So now I've done my own. It's my biggest video on my YouTube channel. So like three and a half million views. And I, so I tell the story. Then he comes on and he tells his side of the story, which to be fair to this guy, he might be a little toe rag, but he's very honest because it matches perfectly my side. You know, uh, it, it's hilarious because you got my side, then you got his side. And uh, thank you very much because that's paid for that trip to New Orleans <laughs> about five times over. It's brilliant. I'm like, can somebody else come and punch me, please? This is very profitable. 
<laughs> Mike might punch oh. us if we don't get him out of here. We're past that whole yeah, time. Gonna let you out of here, Mike, but I got one thing to say to you. Yes. Love font, Marlon Vera. Come on. What a fight. Unbelievable. It, uh, unbelievable. I'm just so impressed with both those men. Marlon Absolutely. Vera. Marlon Vera. I mean, he absorbed so many shots, Ooh. but he never took a backward step. He was never disillusioned with anything. Uh Every time Marlon kind of connected, it did a lot of damage. He almost took him out of there. I think at the end of every round after round one, two, three, four, and five, had him all over the place. Rob Font, his face falling apart, still pushing forward, still trying to fight, still trying to win. It's endless respect for that man. And Marlon Vera, the way he handled himself throughout the entirety of the yeah. fight, the post-fight speech, everything. Oh. I mean, I'm a good friend of uh, Marlon's. We have the same coach in Jason Perillo. So, but endless respect for both men. And, that fight there, that just kind of encapsulates the greatness that you see every weekend at the Apex or yeah. in the UFC Octagon, you know, because fights like that really are what this sport is all about. Unbelievable. I, I appreciate you saying that because when I've been talking about it with friends and such, I've been telling them that fight from beginning to end and to the interview had every bit of drama, everything I love, everything the sport is all about yeah. with mutual respect right there. No bullshit, no asshole techniques, no whatever. That is what our sport is all about. From By the way, the, the biopic of uh, Cheeto Vera someday will make a, a good film as well. His story is oh, incredible. Yeah. I think it'd be his story is incredible. And one last thing, I think one of the things that helped Cheeto a lot is he has the ability, he's so great at working his long arm distance, that mm. even when he is getting tagged, it's almost like he's not taking the, the full force because sure. of the distance he maintains. He's getting hit, but when Rob gets hit by Cheeto, that fist is going through his face. That's right. right. Not that not that Rob doesn't do the same. No, of Cheeto course. Control is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, uh, Cheeto was doing a very good job of rolling with the punches. He was mm -hmm. he was blocking a lot of them on his elbows and his forearms. So when you right. first look, you think, well, he's eating a lot of shots, but his defense was very tight, very good. He was rolling with a lot of the punches, and uh, yeah, just just both men. You know, I mean, it was an incredible fight. I mean, you were there, Bruce. The atmosphere yeah. in there, a small crowd, but it sounded like there was thousands of people in there because everyone on their feet, losing their minds. Yeah, just uh, I'm privileged to be a part of it. I absolutely love and I'm so grateful for my position with the UFC and, you know, because it still keeps me around this sport, you know. Right. So, yeah, I love it. That makes two of us, Michael. I just re-up for another five years. So. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Hey. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. Is there any, is that a surprise? I mean, the UFC wouldn't be the UFC without you, Bruce. I um, mean, uh, what's it called? Joe Martinez does a great job, of course, but yes, come on, does. come on. You got to have the buff on the big ones. <laughs> well, sharing with you is always an honor. And you're right. Saturday night was the loudest Apex show ever. Are you going to be in Phoenix next week? I am not. No, no, sadly, sadly. So okay. enjoy. I'll be sitting at home watching it on the couch. Yep. Best seat in the house, baby. There you go, baby. Yeah, this is going to be a hell of a show. That card is sick. Yes. Sick. Well, I'll talk about it with TJ after. Let me let you go. Please hey, do my best the your elephant family. in the room. I we didn't talk about it. Jake Paul. We didn't talk about it. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jake Paul, what's what's up? Yeah, n nothing. Nothing. Listen, he called me out. And I mean, the, the, the fact that he doesn't see what the issue is. By calling me out, the, the, the joke's on you, Jake. I'm 43. I even, he even put a tweet out and said, let's see if you're really about that life, Bisping. I'm like, about that life? I've been about that life for about 20 years. I'm 43 now. I've got one eye. I've got no knees. Do you know what I mean? I've had a long storied career. Now, in a one-on-one -on -one fight, I will put you to sleep. And that is an absolute fact. However, whilst it is very tempting to have a fight with this guy, a boxing fight, number one, getting cleared by a commission is going to be very difficult, but I'm sure we could do an exhibition bout. But I've been there, done it, got the T-shirt. I've moved on with my life. I don't want to risk my eye. And to be honest, I just feel that lowering myself to Jake Paul uh, would would tarnish my legacy, for want of a better word. Money's great, but there's lots of ways to make money. Uh, sharing a, a ring with Jake Paul is not something I aspire to. I always wanted to fight Anderson Silva when he was the greatest fighter on the planet. I am not aspiring to fight a goddamn fucking YouTuber. Do you know what I mean? And he is out there like Eddie Hearn, the boxing promoter. It was so funny. They had that big fight at Madison Square Garden at the that, weekend. Yeah. Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. Great fight. Great fight. Incredible fight. fight. Uh, and And... Jake Paul was like Eddie Hearn's shadow and everywhere they went, he was just getting mocked. And he, and because Eddie Hearn even said to his face, and I actually felt sorry for Jake because Eddie Hearn said, 
you, you know, God bless you. You know, you're dedicating yourself and you won a couple of fights. He said, but you will never, ever be world class. You'll never be a world champion. And if Dana White said that to me when I tried out for the Ultimate Fighter in 2005, that would have broke my heart, you know? And right. then, but, but, but that's, but then his retort was, will you give me anyone on your roster? I will fight them under 10 fights. So then Eddie Hearn turned around and said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, I've got a guy. He's your size. He's a cruiserweight. He's one and oh. And he went to the Olympics. So that means he's a good amateur boxer. He went to the Olympics. Jake Paul, nothing. He wants easy fights. Listen, no disrespect to the basketballer, to Ben Askren, great MMA guy, can't punch his way out of a wet paper bag. And for Tyrone Woodley, sadly, that ship has sailed. You know, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's a mature man now. So he, Jake Paul, God bless him. He's a little sideshow. He's making tons of money. I, and I commend him for that. I really do. Nothing personal against the guy. But come on, buddy. Come on, mate. Yeah. Michael, I heard the California Commission would, would okay you possibly. Um, I think I read that somewhere. But let me just say one thing direct, my friend. $5 million guaranteed pay-per-view piece. What do you say? I say yes. If, if, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. <there> fuck <laughs> it. Hey, I, I'm going to go down to the gym on Friday. I'm going to spar a few rounds. You know, nice and light, nothing right, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to do that still. You know, that's why I was always in good shape. The, the, my favorite part of training was sparring because I love it, you know? So you're going to pay me to spar Jake Paul? Come on, come on. Or, 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 or box his head off or beat him up, knock him out, whichever way you want to put it. I'm not intimidated by the kid. Uh, and if there's a bit of money on the table, I'd be a fool not to pick it up. I think he has the kind of personality you could definitely get up for a fight for. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I would love, oh God, I would love to see the, 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 the Michael Bisping of old and of now and the, and the, and the shit talking that's going to happen oh, in that the, build up. The pre that's going to be half the fun yeah. right yeah. there. I'm yeah, but I'm not actively pursuing a fight with Jake Paul. That that to say that sentence is embarrassing. All I know is if you do it, I'm gonna do everything I can to announce it because yeah, I can announce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's probably not gonna happen. All right, well, gents, I'll leave you to it. You Enjoy go. the rest of the show. Buff Bruce, pardon me. Always a no, pleasure. Buff is sir. great. That's that's my nick. It's okay. TJ, pleasure, my friend. Have a Thank great you. rest of the show I and uh, do this again real soon. I forgot to mention your son Lucas. Yes, right? I apologize. Don't be silly. Don't Professor be silly. Lucas, Rebecca, and happy Mother's Day to Rebecca. Will you please tell her that for me? I shall, Bruce. Yes. Thank hey, you very much. Send me, send me some info on Rebecca. Let me send you a video for Mother's Day for Rebecca. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, that'll be yeah. good. Yeah, give oh, me that a will be good. That will yeah. be good. And speaking send of devils, you just walked in with my daughter. They've just come back from the horse riding lessons. It's oh, a okay. tough life that did. <laughs> <laughs> you heard you heard what I said, Michael. If you get that to me, I'll have a tea in time. Boom. I'll do that. All right, guys. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. Bye, champ. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. One of the best in the business. Always fun. Great interview. Great character. Just a fine human being. I've really enjoyed my, my growing friendship with Michael Bisming. It's well, awesome. It, it's one of those first fighters, too, when you go back to the Ultimate Fighter. We've seen him go from a relatively unknown uh, athlete to one of the biggest stars in mixed martial arts history, a, a Hall of mm -hmm. Famer, and uh, someone who's uh, just phenomenal now in the commentary role. And he is. He is. He's excellent. He really is. I mean, how can you not believe what comes out of his mouth for a man that lived it and did it all? Right. You know? I mean, no one can say they've given more to the sport than Michael Bisping. No. Knees, neck, still, you know, eye, yeah. eyes. Yeah. Much I mean, less everything else. The, the idea of losing <laughs> vision for anything in this world, there's not many things that people will go headlong into, come out the other side without an eye and still say they have no regrets. No, it's uh, the loss of vision is a very scary thing for sure. Yeah. So, TJ, um, moving on here, there's some stories I want to go over. But I do want to say to you, TJ, I know you're busy with your work and, and fatherdom and, and husbandom and all that goes with it. If you get a chance to watch this 90 minute documentary or I'm going to watch it, it this week. Uh, I'm traveling uh, out to Phoenix. Maybe I'll see you out there. But uh, I get a lot of downtime uh, for the travel. So I yeah. will uh, definitely uh, look at it on Amazon Prime. Cool. I'll be quick in and out. I'm in their Friday night show and then I'm out of there Sunday morning. You're busy, man. Yeah, I want to get back. I like my Sundays at home. You know, when I have. Oh, I feel you. I feel yeah. you. There's nothing. And I'm coming back early on Sunday as well because it is Mother's Day. I mean, it's hard to maintain a relationship if you're gone every weekend. 100 percent. Much less a fun dating life or whatever. So. I mean, you know, that's that's why I had to lock in my wife early so I could do this as a married guy. 
I'll lock in a wife at some point in the near future. We'll see what's up. <laughs> nah, you'll probably get divorced again before you get married. No, married. I've never been divorced. I know. I know. Almost, Unless you look almost. on the internet and you see that I was married to some woman named, I forget what they call her, and I have a son named Doogie. Or what? Dougie. Yeah, on the you know, they the, the celebrity network, oh God. all these crap. Sites. Oh, yeah, you're worth a billion dollars, right? Yeah, but there's but but they say that I was married and I have a son named Dougie. Okay. Really? Wow. Uh, in what world? Uh, news to me. Yeah. News to me. I haven't sent that alimony check out. So right. Well. <clears throat> okay. Let's go over a few things here. All the kidding aside. Um. Boy, that debt trial got ugly. I think it's going to oh, be. Oh my goodness. God, did that get ugly? Oof. I mean, there's nothing but video clips where he's saying stuff. And by the way, like Johnny Depp was was just a savage on that stand. Just the way he said things, like. I don't know, man. It was almost a uh, uh, defamation of her character when he was testifying. I'm not going to comment. I question her character much more than I do the other, and I'm not taking a man's side here. Um, but well, I'm it's just really the way it was presented. I mean, the way it was presented. Let's see how it all falls out. But uh, just ugly. I don't even want to know what his attorney bill for this. And the other thing is, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, or you probably are. This has really cost him his career. We're talking about up to date we're talking about one of the finest actors of our generation yeah literally okay yeah true truthfully he got he lost his pirates of the caribbean movie role did you know that i did not know that he lost his pirates of the caribbean movie role he was due to make a whopping 22.5 million for wow maybe so, he can come back from this i don't know i mean we, we're a society in a country that likes to forgive and forget a lot um uh, especially for worse things than this right yeah so i mean i Maybe he doesn't get that role back, but uh, I think we'll see another blockbuster with Johnny Depp before he's too gonna, long. But he, he'll work forever. He's yeah. just, again, one of our finest actors out there. And it's his identity, Bruce. Like, he, what is he going to do? He's not going to, you know, fade into relative obl oblivion. And no, no, no. You know, he's got to get through this. You've got to get through this horrible hiccup in his thing. Whatever. Whoever's at fault here, it'll all come out. Right. Yeah. I don't want to go into it too far, but there, you know, people are saying that Putin may have uh, soon officially declare war on the Ukraine. The right. United States, which, which I don't know what that totally means. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't live in Russia, the way it's portrayed is this is a war. It's already a war. So yeah, it's already a war. Yeah, it's uh, I, I believe that if he formally declares war uh, on Ukraine, he's able to, like, activate reserve uh, military. Uh, soldiers in in Russia, but I I don't know. This I think he would do that. I mean, he's breaking every law there is. He would probably do that no matter what. I mean, what's, yeah. What's well, the I reality mean, reality to this man. Yeah, and there's another thing that if he declares war and then tries to like end it on a certain date, there's like a victory day in Russia going back to World War II, and maybe he wants to declare war so he can end it on this day. I don't know. All right. Well, that's enough said on that subject. We'll see. I, I just get scared, out. Bruce. When I watch the news, it's just <laughs> like, are we on the verge and brink of World War Three? Isn't that what I said when we started? And I'm not a pessimist. It's just it's dangerous. Right. It's a button away. So I, I'm no longer going to tell you to not worry about things after COVID. So, I, you know, it's not so much worry. It's just being a realist, you know? Right. No, I hear you. I, I just thing. I think television tends to sensationalize things and we get driven towards this sort of like worst case scenario all the time. And very rarely does it ever hit. But like I said, I was telling you not to worry about COVID for way too long. And obviously we should have worried about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the only COVID news now is that our vice president has COVID. Yeah. Tested negative after return to the white house when she went over to, you know, she went over there. Right. No, that was Pelosi that went over there. Pardon Pelosi me. went over there. Yeah, Pelosi went over. But Harris tested negative. Or Harris test. Yeah, she had COVID. She's tested yeah. negative. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel now has COVID. He's got. Yeah, people are age. still getting COVID. It's just oh, not yeah. as you know uh, prominent as it was. I mean, they're talking uh, about long term effects being more potentially dangerous than the actual symptom effects now from these new variations. I mean, thankfully, we've both had COVID at this point. Thankfully, I have suffered no long term consequences that I know of. Um, you know, knock on wood. I hope I don't right. get it again. But like, that's the thing, too, Bruce. Like, I feel like it's an inevitability. Like, if these variants keep going around, there's going to be another flare up and we're probably all going to have to deal with it again. No, it's good to be consistent. We're going to deal with it. Yeah. So get your uh, get, get your vaccination, wash your hands and uh, distance properly when when you need to. But, you know, I was just in Vegas, as we know, and I was just in other places and uh, people are not wearing masks. But I still like what I do is that when I get in elevators, I put on my mask mm -hmm. um, and then when I'm in crowds. But, you know, this weekend is going to be jammed and um, 
I'm doing everything I can. Just do what you can, can, you know, and uh, stay in shape in case you do get COVID and well, you you'll, you'll be good again. Of course. Yeah, very rare. I'm ever out of shape. It's just my own. I've been that way forever. I can't change. All right. Let's I mean, talk though, about... you got those ab implants, so you might as well <laughs> work for them. Just a constant laugh every time I hear that crap. Okay. Everybody that says that, get off your butt, work out, eat right, and see if you can see your. Right. Or you go get some ab implants. I, 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 not I can't you, even talk. Them, I think it's just the most them. ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's just it's horrible. ridiculous. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. Okay, now what's what's also ridiculous too? You know, they're coming out with the uh, with this Masvidal Kobe Covington situation. Oh man, the pictures with the broken tooth. Now, what is this thing about the brain damage? I mean, has there been any documentation? I, don't know. I mean, that he's. I've heard this from other people. That this, know is, this is this uh, is a charge that they're waging on on Masvidal. I don't know. I mean, I I, I struggle to think that Covington sustained brain damage from one shot, but I, those things do happen. This was an assault. Uh, I'm of two minds on this. I don't think Jorge Masvidal should have done this. Um, it's against the law. I'm never going to condone that. But at the same time, there are repercussions for doing things the way that Colby does. And again, I'm not saying that this is warranted, but I understand. And, uh, you know, Maybe he will think differently about dealing with this. I hope he doesn't have brain damage. Uh, I hope, uh, you know, everything shakes out for the better for him. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where he goes from here. We'll find out. We will see. Um, right now, where we go from here is USC 274 in Phoenix. <clears throat> and, I, and I wish the best for Colby and everything involved there. It all comes out in the wash, however it should be. <clears throat> Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira for the oh, uh, lightweight man. title. What a good fight. Can't wait. Can't wait. You know, the, the Rocky bruiser against the talented ground fighter and bruiser himself. This is going to be a very technical, very talented fight. I mean, Oliveira is another guy that I never thought would become UFC champion. You know, he's been around the UFC for so long, always been a contender, you know, always, always a bridesmaid, but never a bride. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, he, he defended that title against Poirier. Uh, he looks phenomenal and he's going to have to be phenomenal if he's going to get past uh, the human highlight in Justin Gaethje. Um, well, Justin Gaethje seems very, very up for this fight. Um, biggest fight of his <laughs> career. I think this truly is the biggest fight of his career. And obviously, you know, he's been in there. He's had Khabib and, and things like that. But uh, the time is now for, for one Gaethje. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have him on the show shortly after. But this is going to be very exciting. I am tickled pink and can't wait to announce Rosanama Yunus and Carlos Barza. I can't wait to see this fight. It's a phenomenal rematch. In that octagon, it's a phenomenal rematch. Chandler and Tony Ferguson. Okay. This card is stacked, man. Like Shogun, who is back? Yeah. Against Ovis of St. Pru. Yeah. And then Joe Lozon. When's the last time Joe Lozon? Oh, man, I don't remember. And uh, coming back is Donald, Donald Cerrone, which at, at this point in Donald Cerrone's career, I think is actually a really good fight. You have two guys that are basically oh, yeah. legends. similar in age and experience coming at each other. And legends. You know, Joe's yeah. not as, as you know, well-known as, as Cowboy is, but Joe loves to throw down, not afraid of a fight. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, Matt Chanel is coming back in the card. Hopefully his fight won't get canceled for, what, the second or third time? Third right. time. So good at that. No, this this card is loaded. So I'll definitely see everybody from the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. How big of a stadium is that? Uh, it's where the Phoenix Suns play. So it's pretty big. Okay. We'll probably sell it out, I'm sure. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, with that card, you got to, right? You got to. Got to. So um, here's some collectible talk. Brian, uh, my brother, uh, bought a 1961 Fleer basketball wax pack, of which I have two. I could run and show you what it looks like, but. I don't want to walk, leave the table. I think you've showed us them before in the past. I have showed you that one. Yeah. He paid like $300 for it like uh -huh. seven years ago. Uh -huh. He sold it this week for $7,200. What? Yeah. So what are you going to do? Oh, I'm holding on to mine. They're gold bricks. He has so much stuff. I mean, if property taxes come around, Brian's like James Bond. He opens up a drawer. There's like a thousand a PSA graded. Just throw something. Yeah. You pick one up. You put it on eBay. He doesn't even miss it. And then the property taxes are paid. So he's just getting rid of stuff because he probably needs more space to get more stuff. That and he's got like duplicates. He's probably got another five of these packs. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Jack Nicholson's axe and the shining. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's sold for? Uh, 250 grand. Close. 175,000. Okay. And the world's I'm getting better at this. No, you're getting better. And the world's largest blue diamond. Ooh. Right. The largest blue diamond. Let me get the size of this before I quote the price. Uh, 15.10 carat step cut gem 
sold at Sotheby's in Hong Kong for $57.5 million. Oh my God. The estimate was 48, sold for 57.5. What do you even do with that? That's so big. What do you do with that? I don't know. I guess you put it in a glass jar and a Right. I mean, State. you're not wearing that. You're not know what I mean? It. You're not putting it out of your house. I guess. Yeah. Say, I it's got to be. It. It's got to be like an ornamental piece in your home. Yeah. It was, well, that's a hell of an ornament, isn't it? I, I mean, hang yeah. that on your Christmas tree. I Jennifer would not Lopez. want that around, Buff. I'd, I'd want. I'd. I'd just sell it if it was mine. The way they're stealing Rolexes now, I don't think I'd want it around either. Seriously. Yeah. yeah totally. Uh, you can't tell anyone you have it. You know what I mean? Like you, anyone knows you have it, they're going to try to break in your house. Did I tell you that Mike Tyson is making um, uh, ear-shaped gummy? Uh, I did see this. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I, Mike calls me on FaceTime. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. a nice guy. I like Mike. He's a nice guy. I, I'll get a call. My driver in Vegas is his driver. We've all become I, I've known Mike for years, but right. the driver and I become friends. They go out together. They'll call me and like, you know, Mike's always it's funny. I'll get this call like at 10 o'clock at night. And it's it's uh, Tyson calling me to say hi. That's great. It's amazing how people get really more peaceful unless they're on sure. airplanes with assholes throwing bottles of water at them. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Dude. I mean, th again, that's the sort of thing that we're talking about with Bisping. Like, sometimes you need to be able to just beat up somebody, you know, want, not hurt them, not. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, too. Like, I think you'll attest to this. It's, it's that old uh, fight club saying, like, how much do you really know about yourself? if You've never been in a fight. Well, you know my line. You don't know who you are. So you've been punched in the face. Right. And uh, some people deserve to be punched in the face. Without question. Um. Let's see here. This is a feel-good story, but it's a weird story, okay? Okay. I like those kind of stories. A Massachusetts family living on a golf course, mm -hmm. okay, uh, which has been trashed repeatedly with golf balls since they've lived there, smashing 26 of their windows. They live near the fairway or the 15th hall of a, uh, hole of a place called the Indian Pond Country Club in Kingston, Massachusetts. Right. They've been there for four years. They've realize they've been pelted by 700 golf balls wow. okay i mean this is a safety issue they're smashing coming right. through the windows right yeah like what kind they, of insurance do you have to have they decided to go to court uh-huh and the court awarded them a hundred thousand dollars in damages okay but you to put up a net wait but they also awarded them 3.4 million what for distress they what? received almost five million dollars in Come on, from the golf from the golf course. Come on, you live next to a golf course. Like you have to have some of this be expected. You know what's crazy to me, Bruce, is I assume this person lives next to somebody. Is this just going to be something that everyone sues up and down the block now because well, of this, this crazy is what award? I was about to say, is this going to set one of those precedents? Yeah, I mean, it's a legal you know? precedent for sure. Yeah, where suddenly you got. I mean, how many golf country clubs do people know? I. I've been in my friend's homes that live on golf courses and yeah, the balls come in the backyard, but not necessarily breaking the windows. I, it's no. it's got to be the way the house is positioned. Yeah. I mean, that's so whose fault is that? Well, I mean, design? I don't know. I, I kind of think that, you know, what you're in for when you move next to a golf course. I, I just think with a hundred grand, which I'm all for, like, if you really deserve a hundred grand, that's fine, but you got to buy a net. You know what I mean? Like, Put something up so this doesn't happen anymore because 3.5 million dollars or whatever that's great bruce but it's not going to stop the balls it's not not stop maybe makes you maybe, maybe move right maybe it makes you okay with it but i mean i don't they just know got a new house they can move off that golf course tomorrow morning yeah but Get that's a there. desirable place to be that house might be worth more than 3.5 million well if they're gonna that there's got to be a thing in the in the uh in the settlement that hey okay we paid you now if golf balls hit your house that's your fault right this is on you yeah it's on you Okay, now, one thing that I do like seeing is the convictions uh, being put forth against these people guilty of the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. Right. A former New York City police officer was convicted Monday from assaulting a Washington, D.C. police officer who you've seen. You'd recognize him in a heartbeat. You've seen him interviewed many times, uh, suffering post-traumatic stress from the situation. The 56-year-old ex-NYPD officer now faces a maximum of 20 years in prison. They're handing down indictments. Wow. Yeah, and 20 I have years. no problem with it. I mean, I don't well, want to get 20 years, but... Again, let's take politics out of it, okay? Anybody that storms the Capitol and breaks in with force deserves what they got coming. That's my whole point. And It doesn't matter if you're red or blue. Like, dude, you can't do that. Well, when you have a situation like that, another thing that's kind of horrific, in March, TJ, now I don't know if you can explain this, a record 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs oh yeah 
Yeah. Quit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of that has to do with employers, employers requiring workers to return to the offices. My wife went back to work last week for the first time in two years, went into the office. Wow. Um, but they only do it now three days a month. Yeah. What, what do they call that hybrid? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, basically, she goes in three days a month and they just do like the meetings that they can't do, you know, over Zoom. It's like uh, teaching meetings and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think it's COVID has taught us a lot. Uh, I think it's taught, you know, workplaces. Maybe they're not net all that necessary. You know, maybe you don't need to have everyone come in. Um, but it's also taught uh, a lot of people the benefits of, of working at home and, and some for some being their own boss. You know, a lot of people were yeah. forced to go out and take a career change. So uh, the idea that people are quitting, it's not all that surprising because um, I think COVID forced us to reevaluate our lives and, you know, our positions in life. And uh, if people are quitting and, and finding uh, a happier life, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, too. You know, it's all good. Whatever, whatever, whatever works. But I mean, uh, it's good. You and I are incredibly lucky, Bruce, to do what we love every day. And I think that's adds a, to a quality of life for us and probably adds to our life expectancy. And uh, I, I just wish everybody could be so lucky. Yeah. And I try to I just encourage that and try to motivate again, be a role model to your sphere of influ influence, like I say at the end of the show. One other thing here. I'm with you on that. Um, this is kind of disturbing. but We know species become extinct on almost on a daily basis. Right. right. So they now say one fifth of all reptile species face the risk of extinction. One fifth. It doesn't surprise me in a sense because they go, a lot of reptiles go back to the dinosaur age. So, yes. you know, they've been around for that long. Like the world is changing. And yes, we can talk all day about, you know, climate. human impact and, and climates, but uh, that one doesn't surprise me that much. Well, they figure that 40.7% of amphibians are facing extinction, 25.4% of mammals are facing mm. extinction, and 13.6% of bird species are facing extinction. How they come down to this, obviously, I'm not a scientist, uh, but there you go. That's it. Yeah. All right. Um, exciting show this weekend. And what's next week? We're back at the apex. Uh, there you go. I got two more weeks of... No, I have 18 days left of 64 years old. TJ, I'll be 65 on May 21st. Unbelievable, Bob. Yeah. I'm going to take the last three weeks. I'm going to, My last show is May 14th. I'm taking the rest of the month off and part of June. Good for you. I, you, going, got, you going somewhere? Yeah, I've got nice. uh, three trips planned. I don't want Good to say on the air. That's awesome, Buff. Yeah, one's going to be... Um, you got a companion? I plan, on having, I plan on having a nice time, TJ. I'm going to take right. a boys weekend. Nice. One weekend is going to be a boys weekend. I like that. And I'm going to go away. Uh, I was going to go to the south of France, but I discovered some news that's going to be announced soon. And I've delayed my trip to the south of France for a couple of months. And that's all okay. I'm going to say. All right. That's all I'm going to say. I like that. When that's you hear good. what this news is, it's going to blow you away. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um, but no, I'm going to hit wine country and I'm going to go to one of my favorite tropical paradises. And I'm going to go. Great. That's awesome. Well-deserved, Buff. Thank you. Um, Got to celebrate, you know. As long as everybody's happy and healthy at home. Gotta I mean, you're only home. 65 once. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, hopefully once doesn't mean I don't make it past 60. No, 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 no. You're only 66 once, too. Yeah, it's all it's all good. I feel like I, I'll be 18 in my heart forever. And on outside 30 years old forever. And on the inside, the erector set that I be. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the ab implants. Yeah, yes, of course. All right, TJ, anything else to go over? I can't I miss anything here. Uh, no, I don't think so. For me, though, uh, coming up on Friday at the uh, Ainsworth in uh, Phoenix on Second Street, right near the uh, the venue uh, for UFC 274, I'll be live with my show on UFC Fight Pass called Extra Rounds. I'll be hanging out, uh, got a meet and greet with a couple of fighters, and uh, I'll be joined by UFC strawweight Vanessa Demopoulos. So please come hang out with me on Friday at the Ainsworth in Phoenix. Oh, very cool. Say hi to D Vanessa for me, will you, please? Will do. Um, also, I understand you recently got a delivery of Icon Meals. Oh, yes. And so I had the Titan burrito this morning. It was good, huh? Really good. Yeah, really good. And, and uh, the stuff that Todd sent me, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a picky eater. Yeah. Um, he sent me stuff that like I would be a fool if I don't like it. Uh, well, give me a couple examples. We got a beef stir fry. We got a I'm a little nervous about this one, but I think it, it sounds kind of good. Uh, pumpkin and white chocolate pancakes. 
oh, their pancakes are amazing. They're protein pancakes. And they're, yeah, I haven't had that one, but they're mm. amazing. They're yeah. Amazing. Uh, chopped chicken and rice, which again is perfect for me because I'm uh, a plain kind of guy, um, right. but, but a whole bunch of stuff. And Bruce, I was blown away at how good the food looks in the package. Like this isn't your typical, you know, pre-prepared television dinner meal. This yeah. is oh, it's not high quality meal. food. No. So, and the sodium contents are low and yeah. Yeah. And and it looks filling too. Like that's the thing too. Like the, the Titan uh, burrito, like I I'm still full, like it's lunchtime now I'm, I'm still doing well. I don't, I don't think I want to eat anything right now. No, no, it's just very 640 calories. Very, very yeah. Very easy to prepare. Tastes good. It's awesome. So uh, icon meals might have a, a customer in me. Good, good. Well, we'll work out something for you. You know what I'm saying? I like um, it. The uh, uh, the burrito, would you two minutes in the microwave? Yep. That's all you need. Three minutes, yep. a little too much. Yeah, you yeah. I, uh, I definitely don't like uh, not being able to eat my food for 20 minutes because it's too hot. Yeah, or picking it up and the burrito falls apart. No, right. it's, it's all good. Yeah, thanks, Todd, for that. I also want to thank a FanDuel, our sponsor of the show. FanDuel, the place to go for fantasy sports and sports betting. And also Puncher's Chance. Sweet Nectar of the Bourbon Gods, six award-winning gold medals, and voted the top five best-sipping bourbon in America. So Puncher's Chance can be gotten all over the country now, or just go to puncherschancebourbon.com and have it delivered right to your house. I saw you all over the PFL. Oh, yeah. Do you like that? It was interesting. Yeah. It's, it need yeah. to see. Need to see. Making yeah. moves, Buff. Major sponsor, PFL. And they, they ran like uh, four commercials every show yep. on ESPN. I saw it. Yep. All good. All right. And, of course, you don't see my face on no. the cage, but we all no. understand the reasoning behind that. Right. And, you know, I, I like the uh, the deal that you got with with Puncher's Chance because it's not all about you. You know no. what I mean? No. It's yours, but it's uh, very much uh, about the product itself. I want the product to create its own identity. That's why it's not called it's time bourbon or right. Like and it's product. created its own identity, yep. award-winning identity. Yep. I'm a, I'm a partner and vested partner and I'm a spokesperson and uh, Hey, it's my bourbon. And I love that. It's my partners and my bourbon. And I love it. Fun business, TJ, fun business. That's great. Okay. All right, TJ, I'm going to sign off too. I will see everybody from the octagon on Saturday, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, can't wait. And I'll be at uh, your hotel buff. So maybe we can say hi. I call me Friday. I'll be working in my room Friday night, getting everything prepared. I'll be in. Uh, I'll be in by six. All so right. Give me a call. I'll, uh, I'll run I'll down. We'll have a drink or something. Sounds okay. good. Buff. All right. And uh, outside of that, um, I've got some cool news coming out that I want to wait till next week to tell you about. But let me just say this. Everybody set your goals, write them down, be a role model to your sphere of influence. So when you set on that path to success, you're the best you can be and perform at the best you can be. And that's what life is all about, because if you perform at your best, whether you're number one, number two, number 10, or the champion of the world, you can take pride in the fact that you gave your best shot. And that's what we're all about here on It's Time Radio. That's winning. And with that being said, buffer out. I got to go train. I got to get an announcer shape for Saturday night. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I've had an absolute blast recording your championship intros on audio and also on video. And for those of you that didn't know, the videos can be done special exactly the way you like them because these are green screens and we can do them with a scene behind me. Do you want a fighting scene? Do you want a beach scene? Do you want a race car scene? Any scene you want, we can give it to you. It's your theme and my pleasure. Just write our offices and we will answer you with the exact fee involved and how it'll get done. So here we are, and now it's time, and it's your choice. Cheers!